Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to The Breakdown. My name is Jaron Hummison. I'm your host. As always, we're sitting down with Pastor Nick across the table, the one, the only, the infamous, uh, the brainiac, the <laughs> please, the no, the, the know-it-all. No. The smartest person in the room. <laughs> I would say no to that. No, you I, as I sit here and you're like plugging everything in and testing like I have the, no idea the what the smartest person in the room <clears throat> not including technology. Would that, would that whatever, be a, whatever. Would that be No, it's not a fair assessment. Whatever. Whatever. Uh well, hey, welcome to the breakdown. I have no idea what episode this is. I think it's like we're in Revelation 9. That's all we know. That, that is true. That much yeah, I yeah. do know. I think it's 15, 16. This pick, season. Pick a number. I, I know for a fact, confidently, we're in, we're in season two. Nice. That much I do know. We are in season two. Outside Welcome of to that, season two. everything else is yeah. uh, is is a crapshoot. <laughs> just, just call it what it call is. Call it what it is. So, now uh, I'm going to soften it. We're going to break down your message from this past Sunday. Just um, a nice, soft, encouraging. Super encouraging. Easy. Very lighthearted, very yeah. lightweight message. What everybody needs to hear on a good Sunday yeah. morning. Right? Um, I walked away. I just went, man, that was. That's a, thir- what a I third needed. of mankind killed. And before that, we're going to torment them for five months. Amen. That's what I needed. It is, right? <laughs> I walked back into work on Monday. You know what? I can do this. Okay. <laughs> I can do Let's this. Let's take on the week. I have no idea how I'm going to apply Revelation 19 yeah. to the week. All of my coworkers are these demonic locusts <laughs> that are tormenting me for five months. That's. I'm afraid some people walked back. It was like, maybe maybe I need to. Yeah. 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 So, there we go. Um, you, you very originally titled your message, uh, Fifth and Sixth Trumpet and Two Armies. Call it what it is. And if you open your Bibles, Revelation 9, it says fifth it says sixth armies and two trumpets. This is week number two, where you are really thinking outside the box. Uh, you know, there's only so many ways you can dice up Revelation. You're taking some liberties. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm John. John would be scratching his head yeah. at me. When, when you say don't take scripture out of context. Like <laughs> you even include like you're going to go to the, even the, the titles of the titles. Don't, they don't need to be changed. I mean, certain things like that. Because sometimes you like you're, you're trying to title the sermons, which honestly, for me, is it pointless? It really is to me. The title of like, oh, I've titled my sermon this, and it's like, because sometimes you hear the title and it's like, that's all I needed, yep. and I'm just going to walk away because everything that you're going to say is pretty much just that in different ways, mm-hmm. you know. So I've never been a big like title of my message today is. Uh, the the people that thing. rewatch or watch online would highly differ because I'm the really one. yeah I no it. I mean title it so you can find like hey where was that Revelation nine what was that about like if you're trying to find topically yep. you know hey what, what's he say about these two armies well what message is that which if you, you keep know. going off the title like man you pair you pair scripture and the titles together yeah. I mean that makes it foolproof for me to go back so he's like hey we pre I remember Pastor Nick saying something one day and it's like that sounds like Revelation yeah. That sounds like fifth and sixth trumpets and two armies. I'm, that's that's <laughs> the one I want to go to. Yeah. So. Oh man. But that's what we're going to talk about today, and and we have a new, uh, we have a brand new aspect. What do we have to the breakdown? We're, we've got some questions. <gasps> the Q and R. We have some user submitted questions from the breakdown community. Do we know who they're from? They are. Um, we're not going to say who they're from. Just but we know them. We know. Uh, yeah, we know them. Okay, uh, I'll tell you when we're not when we're done recording. Okay. I, okay. The, no, no, me, no. Yeah. I just don't want it to turn into someone like it becoming like oh I. Like, I just don't need like David Platt writing in. 
you know. I'll just make sure that I tell you afterwards. Because some of these questions you hear when they're just like, I know who that is. Like, you I know exactly. Dirty rat. Oh, that would You're be really just... funny to see if you if we ask the question. Yeah. And uh, and do that. So uh, I think I have four questions, whether we get through them all. Am I allowed to pass not. on any of them? You can do whatever you want. Amen. I'm just saying you. I'm passing have on the first to... two. I'm passing on the first. You want me to start with three? Haven't even read them. I and and again, just like normally, the breakdown, no context. Uh, yeah, I even tried to give you just like, and I said no. I said you can't mess it up. So this is shooting from the hip. So this isn't the, hey, he gave me the questions yesterday. I tried to give Nick the questions. I've researched it. I've I've went through every like because Nothing. again, like just just working street level knowledge. Yep. This is where it's at. This is where it's at. You're gonna you're gonna get a uh, shooting uh, shooting from the hip. Yeah, in, in like if way. you stopped me at Walmart and said, "Hey, got a question for you, real quick." That's I like the real, authentic transparency, yep. and and it keeps me uh, learning because not just learning answers to good questions like this, but to learn that it's okay to say, "Hey, I don't know on that one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one." Yeah, you know, like, "Hey, let me let me let me lean into that," or. Or just to say we don't know, yeah, and be okay with that, which so many people aren't. Like one of my kids would implode to say we don't know. What do you mean we don't? We don't know. We don't. Like there's there's nothing revealed in scripture about it. Now we can we can look at our anchor points of God's character, God's word, you know, His heart for us, what He has done. You know, we can look at those anchor points and and maybe formulate a really good hypothesis because we know God's not going to go against his character. God's not going to go against his word. So there's some anchor points. There's some guardrails there, you know? So, but, and there's sometimes you just, I don't know. Yeah. And be okay with that. I know that question came up this morning in the apologetics Oh class. yeah! I heard you say, "Oh, you something." They, oh, you always find the obscure ones. Oh you yeah! It's just like we let's don't... find the most obscure verse, and 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 to think like uh, maybe there are some really top theologians that are sitting around. And it's like, all right, let's dig into the really obscure. But I think uh, even at that, it's all very hypothetical, yeah. and we don't know. But again, but isn't that our? The longer I'm in ministry, that feels like our default as Westerners and as at least American Christians to to run to the obscure. Yeah, you know, it's like and and because and then here's the here's the uh, here's the warning or the threat of it is don't be in such pursuit of the things that we can't know. Mm. Not in the things that we don't know, because yeah. there's like there's a point where I didn't know this, and then I can learn that. Don't be in such a pursuit of the things that we can't know that it pulls us away from the things that we do know. Yeah. Where if I'm so worried about what does this obscure passage mean that it keeps me from go make disciples, baptize mm. and teach all that He has commanded, and remember the promise that He's with me. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't let what we don't know affect what we do know. Because it always feels like we uh, we don't want to get cornered. Like we yeah. don't want th- this. Yeah. What we're about to do with you, you love it. Yeah. Most people, <laughs> I would be in the camp of no. Uh, don't corner me. I'll just say uh, that's a Pastor Nick question. Or, I don't even think you like getting know. the questions. <laughs> that's a whole different. Conversation. That's a whole other conversation. Um, you know, but it it's almost like that fear of yeah. the, maybe the one 
the one or two times in our lifetime that we do get cornered, yeah. like w- we strive to never have that happen, that mm-hmm. that's all we focus on is yeah. the obscure, the gray, the yeah. the things that we can't know that aren't black and white instead of, like you yeah. said, you know, knowing what we do know. And so we run to the like, let's find the most obscure passage. And there, for some reason, you know, let's just have this quick conversation. For some reason, we as Christians don't want to come across like we're foolish. I live my life every day only coming across like I'm foolish. But then what does Paul say? God uses the foolish things to correct the wise. But I don't want to seem foolish. Oh, you don't want to be used by God then. You keep saying that, but I don't feel like it better. (laughs) And that's what's hard. It's like we we actually are trying to strive against the very thing um, that God is calling us. Now, Now, it's not the whole mentality of like, have childlike faith. Like, no, we are called to study and pursue, mm-hmm. you know, the, the depths of God's word, the treasures in that. Like, we, we want to mine for those. Um, but when we're worried about, well, what if somebody asks this question and I don't know how to respond to it? Okay. What do you, what do you mean, okay? I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to know all this. Find that in the, in the word that means, that says that you're supposed to know yeah. all this. Like, that's, it's far more um, response to him obedience to him than it is to know everything yeah that's why some i think some of the most faithful are not going to be some of the most intellectual Mm -hmm. and for some reason we put spiritual maturity and intellectual maturity as the same and it's not true because that would mean everybody with a bible degree is the most spiritually mature but how many people with that are super smart yeah great greatly educated theologically still fall and mm. torpedo their own lives. Yeah. You know, that would mean me as, as a pastor, because I'm, I have an education and that means that I won't fall to sin. Now we all would like, when we say it out loud, of course not. But I think in inwardly in our hearts, no, we want, we, yeah, I hold that to be true. Yeah. And it's like, and, and then it's a disservice one unto the Lord. Because then we'd say, oh, God, only only the smart ones are the mature ones, and that's never been mm-hmm. the case. Yeah. And then uh, then it's uh, uh, not well for me as a pastor because I'm put on this pedestal, not because of my role, but, oh, he went to Bible college, so, yeah, he won't he won't fall to sin. He, he'd, take he'd, everything you say at face value. Yeah, exactly. So, but with all of that, let's get into it. Okay, we're going to dive right into it. A couple go. questions right off the spot. Um, we'll put, we'll put the questions in the show notes just in case you want to go back and look at that first question. Um, and I'm going to do my best. We got them in the text line and sometimes (laughs) autocorrect. So if this is not word for word, (laughs) I tried to love it. Just give me some grace. Here we go. Uh, The common, the common theme out of all the questions, um, the last two weeks has really centered around death and the struggle with, um, either not being able to die uh-huh. or uh, God's sovereignty and free will, man. And free. Yep, yep. Yep. Like how could a good loving God, you know, just, just all of that. And so it was interesting as it came down, like dun, we had dun, six dun. or seven questions, a couple of them weren't, yeah. they were good questions. They just weren't. So I yeah. just kind of went, we have enough, Yeah. but um, okay. Good. So first question right. on the issue with seeking death, but not being able to die. Do you think it might possibly have something to do with what transpires with taking the mark? The mark. 
taking the mark of the beast or taking the mark that is upon the 144,000? There's two different marks that are I'm given ass- right there. I'm assuming because we haven't the got to so, the beast. We haven't got to the mark of the beast yet. That Let is, check. yeah, that is a part of the parenthetical uh, chapters. 10 to 14 fill in, and I believe that's where the mark of the beast comes in. Um, uh, I can open up my Bible and find that real quick. But, and so, um, what we know about the mark of the beast is if you take the mark, and this is going to be a, a, a strong statement, the, if you take the mark, salvation is not possible for those that take the mark of the beast. Okay. And we, when we get to the mark of the beast, we'll talk about that because there's a reason why it's that mark. Yeah, there you go. So if you, for those living in the tribulation, which we are not in the tribulation right now. If you haven't picked that up yet, where, where the we church stand? is not destined for wrath. That's not a statement. That's a Bible verse. <laughs> for, to be clear, we can disagree. Yes. That's fine. We can. Where our stance is coming from and the way that we are going to talk. Yeah. Nick has made that very clear. Yeah, and 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 we can disagree, but you still have okay, so what what does First Thessalonians mean then? How do you defend? How do you defend that? Yep. You know? And so uh, as of late, I think I have heard that, oh, we as the church are gonna live through the tribulation so that we can find if we're worthy of salvation. But oh, to Lord, say I hope not. Yeah, be, well, if if you are worthy of salvation, then you're not saved by grace. That's a works because you were found mm. worthy, and so so if that's the case, then you have to remove Ephesians two eight nine, mm. and then you have to remove well, dicey. then you have to remove John three sixteen because it was a gift, and so th- there's this th- the dominoes there of it's not just one he- heresy yeah, yeah. happen right if that's your reasoning of why we have to live through the tribulation which again yes the church was born in persecution um and and we are persecuted but the source of that is a very real enemy that wants to steal kill and destroy as john 10 10 tells us but the wrath of god that's a different source of it but but from from where i'm studying as of right now those that take the mark that that would r- remove the opportunity of repentance. And something that's been I I've picked up even in the last couple of weeks, either here in the breakdown or in service, um, is this continual but subtle reminder: we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we want to jump ahead because if we if we know Revelation or we've heard things about it, we want to jump ahead. And it's like, hold on, this is where we are. Yep. You can't bring something from 17, 18, 19 yep. backwards Correct. to Correct. 6, 7, 8, 9. Yeah. Now, there's there's parenthetical, which will apply here and there. Like, it, it it's filling in the gaps. Um, and and he wrote, even though those could, those are parenthetical or filling in details, he wrote it in a certain order, mm-hmm. in a certain way for us yep. to understand that. And so if it's uh, – so read the question for me again, the mark. So on the issue with seeking death yeah. but not being able to die, yeah. do you think it might possibly have something to do with what transpires with taking the mark? Yeah. Um, so if we're referencing the mark of the 144,000, the seal of God, and upon the tribulation saints um, – I would say no because they are immune to it. So I'm by that I'm inferring that they're probably referencing the mark of the beast, yeah. which 
again, when we get there, we'll give a little bit more understanding and see uh, the widespread implications, not just uh, eternally, but even what what does that look like for someone right uh, now in the moment? Yeah, in, in the moment of the tribulation that they take it or they don't take it. Um, and it and it's it's more than just because some people are like, oh, it's the mark so they can still buy food and stuff like that. There, there's actually more implications to it. And even why is it that mark? Mm. Uh, it, uh, quickly put, it it's really an allegiance to the Antichrist and to Satan. That's that's the that's the idea there. And so then then people are oh so is salvation not possible for some people? Is that the unforgivable sin? And it's like it, again we are into this this very unique. And even Jesus said, no other period of time ever has or ever will be like this mm -hmm. seven-year period. And so what we can't do is apply things that were taught about in the church age and try to apply them in the tribulation age because the church is shored up and we're raptured out. And so uh, the paradigm of how, how God deals and addresses us, it's a little bit different because, again, how... Uh, how he again deals with the church is going to be different than how he's dealing with uh, those that dwell on the earth, which is never a reference to the church, and those tribulation saints who are saved after the rapture. Mm -hmm. You know, um, because if they were saved before the rapture, then they'd be a part of the church. Mm. But they're tribulation saints; they're a separate group. We see them differently in the Book of Revelation because then, what's the defining event that separates, you know, tribulation saints and church saints? the rapture if it wasn't then they would still be a part of the church but it's they're not seen that way and so there's all these little hints and clues that and and again it all lines up with the rest of of like first thessalonians talking specifically about we're not destined for wrath so um could couldn't uh i i uh, again i think i said this in apologetics class we don't want to make the bible say more than what it says but we also don't want to make it say less so there could be a correlation yeah. There could be. Um, uh, we just haven't been given that fullness yet. So. I like it. There you go. Um, okay. I'm assuming this, this is going to be a weird question. Yep. Um, so uh, I'm assuming it's, and I'll read the context. I'm assuming it's dealing with, in chapter 9, mm -hmm. um, starting verse 7, talking about the appearance of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces. Their hair like women's hair. And then it goes on to talk about their teeth like lion's teeth. And then it just continues to go on. So the second question, uh, when descriptors like women's hair are used, <laughs> I usually assume that it's within the context of the time and culture. So I think of a long hair. So I think of long hair since yeah. that's how women wore yeah. it then. Would that be a correct assumption? Yeah, I wouldn't be off of that. Which is crazy because look at our culture right now. We can't even define what a woman is. But in the tribulation, they at least can. <laughs> Sorry, too soon. Dang, God, you went there just <laughs> flippantly. Yeah. Um, uh, again, uh, you know, one of the things I said Sunday is I think John's writing not for the intellectual response. Yeah. But the emotional. Like, understand, like, he's, he's given enough descriptors of the like that we know it's not literal. It's figurative. Um, and so uh, it's like women's hair. So, uh, yeah, in that culture at that time that John is writing, yes, women wore their hair long, and that is actually a glory unto them. Yeah. Um, and even Paul talks about that. 
And so I would say, yeah, most likely it was a longer hair looking locust type thing. Because I wrote, I even wrote that in my notes um, during second service. That kind of stood out to me is that differentiation between intellectual knowledge and emotional response. Yep. And, you know, and I, and the, even the way that you described that, um, I think was gracious in the sense of whether it's literal or figurative, this is, this is the direction that, that we need to yeah. move to. Cause if we only understand it intellectually and we're just trying to, to, to process who or what are these things, uh, that insulates us from a response. But if we yeah. understand it at an emotional level, my unsaved friends or family, if, if the events started, if the church was raptured and then the seven years starts, this is what they would endure. Mm. You know, understanding it that way uh, necessitates a response from us that should uh, embolden us to be more outgoing in our faith and our evangelism, not Bible beating people, but definitely more open because, I mean, how, how many times how many times could you stand on the side of the road um, and, and watch somebody get hit by a car before you would want to actually step in and say something? Probably five. Yeah. And is it, <laughs> isn't it an intellectual response? Like, oh, uh, the, the, the truck is moving at 55 miles per hour. This person is standing in the middle of the road. And, and if they don't start braking within so many feet, then they won't be able to stop. And, and with the velocity of impact to a human body, the, the guts and juice will fly 10 feet to the air and spread like a pink mist of, you know, like that, that's the intellectual yeah. response where the emotional response is scream, get scream out of the way, out of yeah. way get out of you know, that's, and so, um, where it is good to try to have that understanding, don't, don't replace it and, mm. and don't use it to numb our emotional response. And that's through all of the seals, all of the trumpets, all of the bowls, all of the events of this, you know, what is the mark? What's not the mark? Like, all of that is, I think, always in a response. Because again, why was it written to the church? Why wouldn't why wouldn't have God had this written and hold on to it? And then after the rapture, here here's the book of Revelation, so you can know the events that you're about to walk through. It was written to the church. Why? Because he wants us to know. He wants us to know, not intellectually. He wants us to know so that we would respond unto him, even in our faith now. Okay, so I have a sub-question off of that. Sub-follow-up. This is more of a drawn question yeah. or thought process. Well, at least I know who's asking this question. That's <laughs> fair. Um, so then how do you, how do you uh, for someone who wants to, to take that too liberally mm -hmm. and go to the highly emotional side of Christianity where everything is emotions-based, everything is mm -hmm. feelings-based, like instead of having uh, kind of the in-between, instead of swinging the pendulum yeah. the opposite yeah. way, you know, I'm either intellectual or emotional. It's like, <clears throat> or you could be a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, because um, uh, understand that personhood is your mind, will, and emotions. That's what defines a personhood. And so the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all each three different persons, so they all have their own mind, will, and emotions, but they are uh, in unity as the Godhead, so they have the same uh, essence and mm -hmm. character and nature, even though there's three separate beings, so there's the Trinity. Um, and then we are created in the likeness of God. And so we have this, uh, what they call the doctrine of analogy. So we're not, 
equivocal. We're not univocal. So we're not completely different or exactly like God. We're like him, doctrine of analogy. And so when we over and, and think of your, your mind, intellect, will, and emotions, if you overemphasize one of those, that means you have to underemphasize one and you're not, that's actually not a healthy balance within your personhood. And so God had emotions and those are and those are good. Our emotions come from God. Now we use them in wrong ways all the time, yeah. for sure. But you don't want to be so emotional that you can't intellectually walk through something appropriate. But you want to be, but you want to be emotional and not just completely intellectual because there needs to be a response. Like there, there is sympathy and empathy, and we should have that for those that would live through this because what is the driving factor for you to pull somebody out of the street that's going to get mowed down? It's all of it. Your mind, will, and emotions intellectually know that if they get hit, they're going to be killed. But then the sympathy and empathy of thinking, one, what that person's going to endure and the pain and the suffering of that, then the impact that that could make in a family and if they have kids and what, you know, imagine being that parent or whatever it would be. like. So there's an emotional response and intellectual response at the same time we just don't a lot of times we get into revelation and we only want to be intellectual mm. what's the mark who's the antichrist yeah. what are these locusts where's the apaches minimize the, yeah the a, yeah because yeah but there's no response needed from us we just need to know and that's the idea like we play guess who we ask all the questions because we're trying to identify right. yeah and so we're trying to identify and that's it where we we need also the emotional response to understand the weights of what is going to happen in this time. Because again, um, as we ended the sermon, the thing one of the things that we talked about was knowing all of these events are going to uh, come to pass, knowing all of this is going to transpire. What lives ought we to live and? holiness and godliness how should we live set apart unto the lord and how should we live in devotion to him because we know these events that's where we want our mind will and emotions all engaged in it not just the intellectual you know that's the this is in bible college I don't know that I would necessarily agree with that. Because no, no, like no, I sit down with you every week and I go, <laughs> you just one very quickly explain the Trinity in such a great way and such a quick fashion. Then you threw some highly long words that I probably couldn't pronounce and or spell <laughs> within about a span of five minutes, and I my brain just went. Yeah. Okay, here we go. But see, what was great was one of my professors said, like, hey, what we are doing here in Bible college, like, yes, this is we you know we talk about mind, will, emotion, like we are absolutely pouring into the intellectual part, mm -hmm. but do not replace going to Old Testament survey class as your morning devotions. Mm. Okay. And how many times are, can we fall into the rut of, I'm walking in on a Sunday morning and I'm replacing Sunday morning with revel survey of revelation instead of what is the, what is the word of God? Because all scripture is profitable. Mm -hmm. So where is the the teaching, the correction, the reproof, the training in righteousness for me, knowing that all of that is given so that we, the man of God, would be adequate and equipped for every good work. Yeah. That's the that's the response there. So when we walk into Sunday morning because we want to go to Bible class with Professor Nick Pierce, just stay home. Mm. 
That is not the purpose of the Word of God. That's not the purpose of the pulpit. Yeah. Yes, we preach and teach, and and we, but we want to hit every aspect of our personhood, our mind, our will. Will we surrender to the will of God in our own will, or is it my kingdom come, my will be done? Mm. Or are we saying Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done? And and is there? Um, we just don't want our emotions to drive our faith either. Mm. You know, it's fact, faith, then our feelings. Yeah, and 90% of the time, it's probably feelings, yeah. faith, mm-hmm. fact. Because we want to feel good. And that's the other ditch that we can fall into within our Christian faith. We just want this, and um, this is not original, a moralistic, deistic, therapeutic faith mm-hmm. where we we act good, we feel good, and yeah, God exists. But that's what we make our faith about. There's, there's no idea of surrender. There's no idea that my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. No emotional response. There's no surrender. Yeah, it is It is just I, I, I want to live uh, somewhat morally. You know, I don't want to be like the heathen, but like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't live holy and set apart unto God. I got to live within the world. And so we want to feel good for the things that we do. Uh, we want God to make us feel good. Yeah. We never want to be down on ourselves. We just want to be uplifted. And and in something I even listened to recently, I think I sent it to you, the the idolization of worship music. Oh, yeah. That's been a lot that my wife and I have sat and talked about because yeah. we, we would find, okay, you have said on the podcast and from stage. Yeah. Um, and then because my phone listens to me, I've had three or four TikToks and reels that pop up. <laughs> To the same degree and effect of some dude yelling at me about how um, we love being in the presence of God, but we're bored to tears by the word of God. And I was like, holy smokes. And we've had that conversation Mm -hmm. where how many times have we felt that way? How many times have we heard that being in ministry where it's like, oh, I just feel like I'm in the presence of the Lord during worship. And then we get to the, the reading, the teaching of God's word. And maybe there's something that happens on a Sunday morning, but then throughout the week, yep. there's no will, there's no excitement. And not that it's a carnival, you know, every time, but but there's just no drive. There, there's, no, there's no response to it. And then the continual conversation of worshiping worship. And mm-hmm. I would, this would be a fun experiment. And I'd probably never do it because I'm giving it away right now. Church starts at 8 a.m., I will continue until the last person walks out and I wonder what time that would be and how many people would be there. They'll forget about it. Just, just you know give it a mean? couple months. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to start a date and, and maybe we'll have, you know, Luke come up, play, play one song and I'm going to open up the word and I'm just going to start teaching and walking through it and I'll keep going and we'll see like at what point that's enough. I, I got to walk away. I'll give you a solid 25 minutes. So have you ever done uh, Secret Church with David Platt? Have you ever yes. done one of those? When I was in youth group, we did. Yeah, yeah, same. Our, that was a disaster. Our, oh, yeah. And a youth side of it, I could understand that. We had a few youth kids. We did as a church as a whole. Um, you start and, you know, one, we, we had like a church of a thousand on a yeah. Sunday morning. Uh, 50 people show up to start it, right? Because yeah. six hour Bible study doesn't sound as cool as anything else. Right? It's yeah. like the worst sound. Um and he talks really fast. There's a lot of content. It's very overwhelming. I mean, it is a 
fire hydrant of God's word. In every sense of the word. Yeah, and it's meant to be like, hey, what you're going to hear in the next six hours is meant to be digested over the next six months, right? Um, And it came out of what he was doing with secret churches Mm -hmm. in other areas where they can't get together weekly for 45 minutes. He needed a longer time. Um, But you get to that last hour, there's like the faithful seven you know, they, yeah, who stayed and and it is hard, like one o'clock hits and it's like, we're still going. And it's like, yeah, you are, you know? And it's like, I can tell you right now as a pastor on staff, I would never make it because I'm going to bed at like eight o'clock. So, because that's, if you hear David Platt tell the original story, he was, he was, um, he was actually just kind of informing the board, um, of one of his trips where he was teaching pastors and he sat down and he had, you know, like, I think a, a couple hours of this good teaching and he said, all right, that that's, that's what I got. And they said, Nope, we want more. And he just, and he just, he literally walked through all of the old Testament, and the new Testament with them. Like they, there was a hunger for the word, but if you have a hunger for, uh, the presence of God, that is not, um, at the same time for the word of God, that's really not the presence of God that you are hungering for. That's that emotional feeling of this song and these words that at times can be very uh, eye focused, mm-hmm. cent- you know, person centered instead of God centered. And it's like, but if we if we yearn for the presence of God, um, but we find the word of God stale, that's really not the presence of God that you're wanting. Then next question. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> get a chance to catch the breath and. <clears throat> Pick their jaws up off the floor. Okay, we're good. Moving on. Uh, question, question number three. Uh, during the 150 days since death avoids people, does yeah. that mean there will be no natural death in any form? I'm just going to go with, like at the end of verse six, it says, but death will flee from them. It didn't say... It didn't say uh, self-imposed death, so it wasn't suicide. Mm-hmm. It didn't say assisted suicide. It didn't say natural death. It just said death will flee from them. And so, again, not making it say more, not making it say yeah. le- less. Death will flee from them, and everybody will be affected that doesn't have the seal of God upon them. And so I would it if I had to make a... a an educated guess, yeah, there there would be no death at this point for five months, 150 days, Jewish calendar. Be- Sorry, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Because think, what is, let's open up a can of worms. It's what the breakdowns become. So Yeah, a lot of people are struggling with this. And I, I have two thoughts. One, um, could it, uh, I'm wondering, this is another thing that you hear in church is suicide, the unforgivable sin. Mm-hmm. And there are some that hold that if you commit suicide, you will not go to heaven. But then we struggle when we hear this. So those, those that would say that I would, I would, I, yeah. I wonder their stance on that side of it as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you got to yeah. look at the other side of the coin um, I, I, I believe that the unforgivable sin revealed in scripture, uh, is when, uh, it cannot be repeated today, 
because the Jews, if you remember what was happening, they were looking at the miracles that Jesus was performing on earth Mm -hmm. in his three-year ministry, and they were attributing it to the power of Satan. It says, oh, they're doing all this by Beelzebub, right? And so Christ is not in his three-year earthly ministry. And so we cannot look at the miracles of Christ in his earthly ministry and, and attribute it to the power of Satan. That is the context mm. that is brought up of the unforgivable yeah. sin. Um, and so, I, yes, I do believe if somebody has put their faith and their trust in Christ, but then in a valley of, of hopelessness, take their own life. And, and I know people personally that have done this, that, that are believers, but in a, in a moment of faithlessness took their life, I do believe that they'd be in heaven because I don't think there's any act that can remove salvation from us because then we're not, and we're not saved by grace. Then we are saved by our works Mm -hmm. because it's not, if, if our, if our works don't save us then our works can't remove our salvation either, you got to play it on each side of that. Um, and, and that's a hard statement for some people. I think the only per se unforgivable sin to use those words the only thing that God won't forgive is a lack of faith. He, if you reject Christ and you don't want anything to do with him, he's not going to, at the end of your life or the f- first day into eternity, say, okay, you can be with me then, and I'll, I'll forgive that. I know, you, you, no, 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 it, we are saved by grace through faith. It's always through faith, but it's by grace. And so... And so wondering, you know, we, we struggle to hear this like, oh man, people can't even find death. But then you have a whole nother group of people in the church. They're like, oh, if they, if they were able to kill themselves, they would go to hell anyway. But, but understand, um, understand the fullness of, of kind of what this statement is saying. It's a, it's a demonic deception for them to think that death is the answer and the escape of this. Think very screw tape letter ish. Yeah. The demons want these humans to believe that death is the answer. So really, the the analogy I heard very common. They're just gonna if they were allowed to die, it would just be out of the frying pan and into the fire. Hmm. But the deception is yes, death is the answer, and it's different. It's not like what Paul said to live as Christ and die as gain. There's completely different context yeah. there. Um, but it's a de- demonic deception to think that death is the answer because we know what the answer is, repentance. So everybody's like, man, they're going to be enduring this and there's no way of escape. It never said that there was no way of escape. They just wouldn't be able to find death because death isn't the answer. Repentance is the answer. Now, death seals their fate. Death seals their fate. And, and for me, uh, the thought that I was and still... Uh, chewing on and wrestling through and, and brought it up Sunday, like, is this a mercy of God? Because if he allows them to find death and it seals their fate, but if he, and because it's going to be that bad, that people would seek that. And if he would allow it, it would seal their fate. But instead he, he withdraws that from them so that they can't seal their fate, that there would still be another day of repentance possible for them in the future. Possible. Yeah. And we, we tend to not want to like when we have those conversations, we don't play them out to their full extent, yeah. which has massive implications. Like yeah. 
you can't pick one side and then not think about the other. Like you, yeah. you have to play it out to understand contextually yep. on the intellectual side at the same time, even the emotional side, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't think you can compartmentalize those things, yeah. you know, yeah. that you have, like you said earlier, you have to bring them together, yep. you know, in a holistic way. Um, okay. So question four, four. In, in a similar way, but Uh-oh. again, th- this has been the struggle at, at least. And, and I know if it's coming through the text message and, and what I'm already loving about opening the, the text up is like, yeah. we're beginning to see a heart of people who at least listen to the sermon yeah. and obviously listen to the podcast. Like there is a, a, a general painting broad brush. Yeah, yeah. There is a general struggle with those that are willing to even send a text in. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, that, that without stretching at all, there are those that didn't send a text and they're yeah. having that same struggle. And so, and, uh, and, and again, remember before we jump into yeah, it, yeah. To wherever this question has taken us, but remember, I mean, even Jesus said, this period in human history will be the worst. Yeah. Like the words of Christ are telling us that there is n- there there is nothing that has already transpired in human history. Now think about that. Through crusades, Nazi Germany, China, North Korea, what there is nothing in human history that it all pales in comparison to what this is. And so we get to this idea of like, man, and even death is withheld from it, that there's like, and and again, we fall into the trap even ourselves to think there's no way of escape. Repentance is the way of escape. But to think how agonizing that you would even seek death, but even that would be taken from you. Jesus told this, that there's nothing else that is like this, that is, it is the most horrific, I mean, understand the weights of the wrath of God. Yeah. This is far more than the enemy persecuting the church. It's a it's it's completely different. There's there's no way that we could even I struggle trying to understand where people confuse the two. If the enemy can persecute the church to make you to deceive you to think that that's the wrath of God, you don't understand God. Mm. There is nothing that the enemy can do on the same level as God himself. And so they are not opposite sides of the spectrum of everything that God is, Satan's not, like, no, 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 he is a peon. Yes, yeah, he is a peon compared to God. Like uh, a comic that I loved, uh, Mad TV. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Now the comic book, they had the spy versus spy. Uh, one had like a white coat and the one had a black coat and they're always just fighting each other. And we think they're on the same level, one-to-one ratio. Yeah. And and so if there's, again, there's nothing that Satan and his whole campaign of evil, depravity, and unrighteousness being tried to pour out to steal, kill, and destroy, there's nothing that he can do that could be, I, I don't understand how you could mistake it to the wrath of God. And that's the struggle for me. Because you even talked about that on Sunday. Let me open my notes. I yeah, you're good. Down. Um, maybe I did. Oh, so when you were talking about, uh, well, let's just, let's open up the word. Oh, let's, let's go. go. Just so people know. Because I was even thinking of Exodus. Like, yeah, the Egyptian magicians were able to mimic mm. or have an illusion of yep. that. But at some point, even they were like, we can't do this stuff that God is doing through Moses. Now, they might not have said it that way, but 
they understood we are not tit for tat against with God. Yeah. Like there, there, there's just no way. And we have this mentality that if you're watching the video, you'd see like <laughs> God is up here and, and there is, there's no equal level of omniscience and omnipotence mm -hmm. between God and, and Lucifer. Like, and we think that good and evil, like they are on the same level, yeah. like black is evil, white yeah. is good, yeah. and they're on the same, and they're battling yeah. it out. And yeah, we, we we are we are softening the wrath of God to think that oh, we got the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder, and it's like shut up. That's not how it's going. You are deluding <laughs> the power of God and who he like. You are attacking his nature yeah. and his essence and his character to think that he could be mimicked to a level that would cause a misunderstanding mm. and that it'd be attributed to yeah. something else. So anyway, yeah, open up the word. Where are you okay, at? Where so are you at? Revelation 9. 9. Um, very, very first verse, like kicking it off with. So we see, and the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. Yep. And then two goes on to talk about the shaft and everything else. So I wrote down just for context, because I didn't write down your full statement and feel free to add. Oh, yeah, you're two. good. Um, so in that statement, we see if we want to go um, the star, mm -hmm. the star. Yeah, the star. <laughs> the star, fallen angel, demon. Like, yeah. Walk it out. Um, didn't take from God the key. He's only given what God allows. Yeah. And, and so we have this idea that there was this power struggle and, and the key, like something was taken away from God and now, you know, now Satan holds the key and God's going to battle to get it back. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Yep. The key was handed over yep. by God himself mm -hmm. because he has ultimate power and yep. authority. And we so forget that, which I think if we could, if we could understand one thing, the domino effect of our understanding of our faith of scripture drastically changes yeah. when like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast what we say with our mouth but the things that we believe in our heart mm. are two very different things. absolutely and this is one of those things like we'll say mm. oh god god is god has ultimate authority he is he's all powerful <clears throat> he's in control yeah but then the way we live our life, the actions, the things that we're thinking of that we struggle with, 100% yeah, go don't. against that yep. that belief yeah. in every way. Because that's the, you know, then we say, oh, well, if God does have all of that power, why doesn't he just vanquish everything and just do it right now? It's not a lack of his omnipotence or power or whatever that is keeping him from doing that. He, he is not limited in that. Mm -hmm. It is his mercy and his sovereign will that he has orchestrated it mm -hmm. this way. Because again, the, the tension and the paradigm of it is that at the same time that he's pouring out his wrath, right now, at least in this, this part of tribulation, um, the line that we used a couple Sundays ago, he's sparing mm -hmm. far more than he's smiting. And so he is doing that because of his mercy, but there is a day coming that his mercy will not be there. And that's what the bowls are. Mm -hmm. So like they are getting a quarter dose in the in the seals, a quarter dose of God's wrath. What's gonna happen? And then in the trumpets, they're getting a third dose of his wrath. The the bowls, the vials, whatever you want to call them, when that is poured out on all, you're getting the full shebang. Yeah. It's kind of like I was sitting uh, with some with some dads. We were talking and we were talking about our sons 
trying to wrestle us. And it was Cliff. Cliff was oh, one yeah. of them, you know. Uh, oh, that's a wrestling family. Oh, too. that's a wrestling family. Yeah. And and he was talking about how his sons would wrestle with them and stuff like that. And they were talking about, you know, I think I could probably take you, Dad. I don't ever want to find myself on a map with Cliff. <laughs> Amen. And so, but Cliff said something really good. He goes, It's funny that you are so deceived to think that I was going full strength on you at any time. I never went full strength on you. Almost like a good dad never unleashes oh that's good and so here we are walking through the seals and the trumpets god hasn't even went full strength yet why because he is a merciful god and even as he is bringing an end to sin which daniel talks about an end to sin and and to bring in an everlasting righteousness he's going to do it not just through his wrath, but he's doing it through his mercy. But there is coming a day where we're going to move from the uh, quarter to the third dose to the full dose of God's wrath, that he is going to pour all of that out. And and for a moment to think that anything that he uh, is doing or will do could ever be mistaken to an act of the enemy, that's deception. You don't understand the power of God. That's good. Because everything that Satan does is out of a fake imitation, faux mimic. Satan does nothing original. What we'll find out later is when the Antichrist dies, he'll be resurrected. And that's when Satan incarnates the body of the Antichrist. And that's when he sets himself up in the temple to be worshipped like God. And he'll present himself as God. Satan didn't come up with the idea of a resurrection. That's God's idea. There's nothing that Satan does out of originality. It is always a knockoff, mocking, mimic, faux. Counterfeit? Counterfeit. Yeah. I, I think that's a word we've used hmm. frequently. Quite through often here. The last year or so. So, And that's the, and, and we think that like, if you study the real thing and you look at a counterfeit, it, it stand it pales in comparison of the real thing, no matter how good it is. Because again, there's no value to it and there's no power in it. And but so many times, like you were saying, we we hit that street level theology being lived out. And yeah, we think, you know, it's a battle royale, Mike Tyson, Evander mm -hmm. Holyfield, and gonna win. yeah, and it's like, please. And I even said that a few weeks ago when I preached, like. We, act, we live our lives in ways that we act like we don't know how the story ends. Yeah. Like, oh. like we've been given yeah. the end of the story. It's not like, oh, yeah. we, ha we, we have 90% of scripture. Mm -hmm. The Lord's holding yeah. the, the final chapter. We have it all. Yeah. We have it all. We've been given everything. There are hard things. There are frust the things that we have to say. I don't know. How did, I mean, how did Paul take every beating and persecution and instill joy unto the Lord and then to say that to live is Christ and to die is gain? It's because yeah. he knew the story. He, and, and he looks and knows what will happen as assuredly as what has happened. Mm -hmm. So just as much as we know the cross of Christ, we have to understand the return of Christ in the same weight. So many times like, oh, yeah, I know Jesus died on the cross for my sins and he loves me and forgives me. And I know he's coming back one day. You don't believe that. If you really said it that way, you wouldn't have said it that way. And your life wouldn't be the same if you truly believe that. 
And we all struggle in that tension. Yeah. We all have that, myself included. We all have that struggle. Do I believe the return of Christ as much as I do the cross of Christ? Mm. No, you don't. So I was listening to something this week, and it was incredibly challenging to me. So um, let's play this out personally. Yeah, yeah. So um, the the reference to the church being the bride of Christ mm. and Jesus coming back for his bride. Mm-hmm. So uh, you and Ashley, you guys meet, you get engaged, whatever that looks like. Yep. Um, you get down on one knee. You say, Ashley, will you marry me? Amen. She actually never said yes. True story in real life. She never Shut said up. She never said yes. She just cried, took the ring, and called all her friends. I have it on video. So, now, so are we assuming that was a yes? Or are we still a little bit on? I, I still. I mean, after being married, <laughs> actually, we need yeah, a yes. We, we need we, you just to walk. Call in and give us a yes, please. No, you're good. Keep going. Um, so you ask her to marry you. Mm-hmm. She cries. She says yes. Mm-hmm. But then she adds, "But, um, in high school." Timmy and I went for two years and if I could just have two nights with Timmy mm-hmm. and in college there was John. Yeah. Timmy and John are getting a bullet to the head. <laughs> I can see the right look now. in your eyes. Keep going. Um, you know, if, if I, if I could have three nights with John, yeah, I, cause I thought he was the one. Yeah. No, uh, you, you'll be my favorite. You'll get 350 days out of the year. Oh, if, if I could man. have those 10. No one in their right mind says yes to that. Except that is how we treat our faith. Mm-hmm. That's how we treat the Lord. Yeah. And we've we've boiled it down to what I'll give you and 350 is a mm. very very uh, high percentage. Uh it's it's a you. it's a gift of a number. Let's put yeah. it that way. You yeah. know. Um no one, yeah. no one would say yes to that engagement. No, yeah. like the idea of standing, like I, I think about my wedding. I I will, that is burned in my mind watching my wife walk down the aisle Mm -hmm. wearing a white dress and all of that symbolism and what Mm -hmm. that means and stands for knowing that we are committing ourselves to one another for the rest of our lives. Um, Go back and and read a standard set of vows and see if you can say the same thing to Christ. Dang. (laughs) You know. Oh yeah, I, I said them to my wife, but I can't say them to the Lord Jesus. And and for me, it was it was very challenging to go. How many times? How many times have I willfully done that? Where, where I've I've made the conscious choice, Lord, I will give you X, yeah. Y, and Z if you'll just let me have this mm-hmm. this one thing. Let me sit on the yeah. throne. Let me be in charge. Let me yeah. let me have that drink. Let me have that whatever it is. Yep. Um, and then because it is something we struggle with. How many times have I, and I don't want to be gracious about this. How mm-hmm. many times have I not willfully done that, but still found myself, you know, like where I've fallen into that sin. And it's like, oh man, I put myself back on the throne. Yeah. Because that's a- absolutely the fall of man in Genesis. When you look at what the serpent said, obviously he attacks the word of God. Did God actually say, but look how he, he attacks him in three ways. Um, first, we we add to the word of God. It says, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And and what is Eve's response? Well, we may, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. Oh, I'm trying to read over my microphone. It's not working. We may eat of the trees of the garden, but you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. 
She changed the word of God and said, no, you're not to eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, and it's, then she adds to it. So there she, she changes the word of God. Then she adds to it and she says, neither shall you touch it lest you die. He never said that. You rub up on them apples all you want, <laughs> right? And then, um, and then she attacks the generosity we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. The attack of the generosity is God said, no, you can eat from any of them. Except can, that one. Except that one. And she attacks his generosity of like, oh, look what you are withholding from me. And so how many times do we attack the generosity of God? Because that's what we're doing when we say, hey, I'll, even, okay, 600, or 365 days in a year. Lord, I want, I want you to lead 364, but I want one day. Like, like that movie, The Purge. I want yep. one day. I want a hall pass. I do what I want when I want. Yeah. That's not true freedom in Christ. Give it an hour. Give yeah. it a minute. Yeah. Anything that yeah. isn't total dedication. Yeah. Then you don't want Jesus. Because because you are looking at, even if I get that day, there is something better than him in any context of the word of, mm -hmm. of your life. Mm -hmm. There's something better than him. And if I could even enjoy that for one day out of the year, then yes, he's worth my devotion. It's like, if, if you don't want, all of Christ, all of it, then you don't want any of it because then your focus, what would, let's say, let's say Jesus said, sure, we'll do that. What would you do? You'd count that down, that day down oh, like it's Christmas. Strategically plan oh, yeah. Out. You would, mm. then, then Christ is not sitting on the throne of your heart. You're following after your own will and you're just merely putting up a religion and putting up with the the rituals of what our faith is to be because you know you're going to get that hall pass for 24 hours that's that's not christ and is oh here's a question is yeah. is heaven the hall pass mm. do we put up do we put up with the rules the hard things yeah for our get out of jail free card yep because that's what we think. Like, oh yeah, well you talk about heaven, you talk about hell, of course I want to pick heaven. You described heaven the wrong way then. Because if we start with um, no more pain, no more tears, we're going to see our lost loved ones. Um, the streets are gold, the sea is glass. I have a mansion. Which is all 33 years of existence, All 100% yeah, of the time. All biblically accurate. You know the last thing that we talk about, what's going to be in heaven? The Lord. The Lord. He is what makes heaven heaven. So, you know, sometimes people, they ask the, the question, this is hypothetical because it's not true. I already know where you're going. If you, could have, if you could have all those things without Christ, would you want it? And it's like, that is what hell is. Hell literally is the absence of God, the spiritual death, the spiritual separation from God. Well, how do we describe that place then? Weeping and gnashing of teeth, eternal fire and damnation. And so when you try to describe heaven without the presence of God, you're describing hell. Mm -hmm. If you try to describe anything without the presence of Christ, you're describing hell. Yeah. And, and that's what, again, I think so many people, yeah, I want to die and go to heaven. I want to die and go to heaven. But you never hear the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah, he'll be there. Or like, I'll be so excited to see my grandpa. I'll be so excited to be, re like, if, if something happened to my spouse, oh, you know, like, Okay, my grandparents, they died about 10 years apart. And, and I've said it myself, grandma's happy she's back with grandpa again. So, so let's, let's mythically play it out. Let's say my grandma is walking into the pearly gates and she sees 
my grandfather and she sees Jesus. She ain't pegging your grandpa. She is not grabbing on to grandpa at all. She might even give a, a slight nod. Yeah. At best. Yeah. But she's running after the Lord. Yeah. But how many times practically yeah. street level theology do we say, I just want to be back with my spouse, my loved ones, my, you know, and, and the, the weight of even maybe losing kids. Oh, you'll see them again. True. And Jesus is the, Jesus is the a la carte add on afterthought, the afterthought of it all. And it's like, how dare we, how dare we? He really, he died on a cross so that we could be reunited with other sinners. So as you so uh, graciously <laughs> put on Sunday morning, put that in your pipe and sorcery. sorcery it. It. <laughs> My son hates, um, he goes, I hope you know that you're not funny. And I hate when people laugh at you because you're you're just he's not funny. He says these things. He's like, <laughs> you are not funny. And he goes, you say jokes on a Sunday and they laugh and I hate it. He goes, but he told he told me Sunday night. He goes, there was one that almost had me. He goes, I, I did I did laugh, but I thought, ooh, there, and there was that, <laughs> which I think we got a request to make those into t-shirts. We did. That was one of the <laughs> the texts that came in on the yeah. breakdown line. It was not uh, a question. It was yeah, like, there hey, is. there it is. Keep up the good work. Love the podcast. Also. Uh, I'm an extra large. Could I get that on a t-shirt? <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, a, it's a new philosophy of ministry. There you go. We're going to pray about it. Did we ever get to the question? The fourth one? Oh, we didn't. Oh, real quick. Real right, quick. Real we quick. got time. Come on. Um, I don't want to leave people hanging. They're going to be like, hold on. This is like a plot. even said there was another it's a, a plot hole in the movie here. Right, right. All right. Last question. Um, here we go. It is, a, it, it is haunting that during the five months of torment, people couldn't die. Here we are back on it. Even when they wanted to, but still did uh, but still didn't repent. Yeah. And even after the two crazy horses, they went back to their evil ways. Here's yep. the question. Do you think their hearts were so hardened by, by this time that they were beyond uh, repentance? Think of all of us. Did we accept the gospel the first time we heard it? No. Some yes, some no. I mean, I grew up going to church with my grandparents and hearing and understanding exactly who Jesus is and was and what he did for me and the freedom that I had in him. But it wasn't until I was 20 that I I believe I truly got saved. I grew up with a great head knowledge and even at times a very emotional response to Christ, uh, usually in in the context of my own brokenness, but, but a, a real faith. Uh, and understanding of that, I don't think happened really until I was 20. Was my heart too hardened? No, it wasn't. Could it be? I mean, that's that's the realness of the question is there is coming a day uh, for everyone on earth that you will hear the, the gospel for the last time. And every time you harden your heart to it, it actually it becomes less and less yeah. to you. Because you harden your heart to it, it's not that's eh, not that big of a deal, you know. And so, yeah, I I don't think anybody's again nobody's too far gone past grace, but yeah, it is it is uh, what the frightening is that the word they used or what's at the beginning uh, let's see. during this time? haunting haunting yeah that's the haunting thing that after five months of the um, the locust and then to see a third of mankind killed, even after a fourth of mankind was killed, which means that's a half. Um, after all that, what are you gonna run back to? Uh, demon worship. 
gold, silver, idols, sexual immorality, sorcery, theft, murder. Really? Yeah. That that shows how lost yeah. and how strong our will is. You know, so you many times. You had the opportunity. Yeah. Not that you didn't. You had the yeah. opportunity. Because, like, think think of how strong our will is where a lot of times flip it on the other side like i really want to read the word every day but i just can't it's not a can't you won't it's a it's a matter of the will like these people will will themselves back into their own sin how could somebody do that flip it on the other side how how can you not know who christ is and not just be completely surrendered and submitted to him it's a matter of the will our will is actually very powerful. It's not that our will is weak, but our will needs to be surrendered and submitted to Christ for sanctification and, and in our relationship with him. So it's like, oh, you have the power, you have the ability to either walk with Christ or not. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, they, it's a very strong will where, uh, is it so hardened that they can't find repentance? I wouldn't go that far because I believe salvation will be available all the way up until Christ returns. But it just shows how dead set we are on our sin. I mean, think Adam and Eve go back to the garden. We we look at these individuals like they're stronger uh, than Adam and Eve. Like, so you know the concept where like it, back in ancient days there'd be two great armies, and then they would just pick one person versus one person. They'd battle it out, and then whoever won that mini battle was kind of like a it's like a proxy war, and it's like oh that whole nation won that. Well, that's what David and Goliath was just mono a mono type thing, you know? And so uh, what we don't understand is Adam was the greatest warrior we had to try to fight against temptation and sin, and he failed. So there's not a person that came after him that would have had a better shot at uh, defeating sin and temptation. Now, you, you would have fell quicker, actually. You, you probably wouldn't even have made it to having Eve. You would have been over there having apple pie, you know, with, you know, canned apples and you know caramel covered apples and apple sauce yeah you'd you know you had apple potpourri going on you'd have built an apple house like and and that's the idea is like they failed and death and by them sin entered all and death entered all and so even for them like the the will yeah they're gonna run right back to it and there is a hardening to that um but it's always out of a response to their hardening to the gospel like so like think of pharaoh pharaoh hardened his heart to god and then god further hardened it so that he could use pharaoh in that as it as an opportunity to platform his glory and his greatness you know these people are hardening their hearts to god and how powerful that is that even after everything they experience you know so they're sitting there after a third of the population die and they're looking at each other hey what do you want to go do let's go do some more drugs. Let's go do some sexual morality. Let's go to our demon worship. And it's like, really? We learn nothing? Yeah. But how many times do we do that even in our faith that we can't learn from our failures? And we think that these lost people that have been tormented that don't have a relationship with Christ, that have no spiritual transformation and regeneration, we we think they're not going to do the same. Absolutely they are. So. I love doing the breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Tell myself that every love. I love the breakdown. I love the breakdown. Well, I hope uh, you've enjoyed the last hour. I Amen. feel like I've. Uh, 
how do I define how I feel? How do you feel, buddy? You ever watch, uh, not this is something I enjoy. Yeah. You ever watch like professional bull riding? Oh, yeah. You know, like where you get on top of the bull. Yes. And, Eight like, seconds, baby. Every, yeah. Like wrap your hand, like get ready. Do the nod, the gate opens, and it all is. you got to last is eight seconds. Like, you yeah. eight seconds, and now you're look good. at you. You're an hour in, and you're still going, baby. No, no. <laughs> I, see, the problem is, I feel like by the time we're done with it, like, I'm the guy that did make it eight seconds, that yeah. barely made it out of the gate, fell off, and mm. then got kicked on the way to the ground, and then trampled. So it's kind of, instead of the bull riding, you know, when they, like, uh, I saw this one, it was like, it's like, oh, let's get a bunch of drunk women in the middle of the the arena and then they're going to tie like a chip or something to the bull and whichever lady grabs that oh, wins a hundred dollars <laughs> and then somebody's like announcing over the video obviously but this bull just like lays out a couple of these ladies yeah. and like that lady's dead right there she is not moving <laughs> that's, that's, exactly, that's probably more like what it's exactly, like yeah. for us you know just gotta question everything so well now just you, know if you, if you feel that way you're not yeah. you're not alone welcome to the break that's exactly right that's that's our goal am i weird am i demand like this is like wow this is what you just sit around and think about um Nick? yeah does it change your view of me in a way it doesn't change my view of you i was I actually that. okay Thank since you, you opened oh it, yeah, here it now we're getting to so the real I, can of worms let's go uh here's what uh, the medium let me formulate my words for let's a second. go look at the this. medium of the the audio version so the actual podcast yeah. form yeah. of the breakdown i think there while it's great uh there are things about that that are even less constructive than the video version. And even that has yeah. its limitations. Um, because if someone doesn't know you, and I think there's people in our church that know you. Yeah. But I don't feel like they get the opportunity to know you like I know you, <laughs> both because I work with you. So if we could pray for Jaron. So, no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it, it's not that. But I, I think there's, there is this, it, it's not a like a sadistic, yeah. um, like we each have our own like personality traits and quirks. Um, you and I are very different in the sense of you're very black and white. What? Um, I love the gray. And it's my favorite you know, color to wear. You love the gray, but when you talk about it, <laughs> because you do sit and think and process and like on your own yeah. study, like you'll go find these things and you'll mm. go research them and you'll go try to formulate your own opinion. That's I don't feel like that's the necessarily normal person. <laughs> like, and I don't like using the word normal because that's subjective already. I am abnormal. Um, and so the way you say things may seem flippant to somebody or oh, harsh or mean, yeah. but it's like, it's not that it's condescending or flippant. It, yeah, it's yeah. like, I, I've thought about this. I, I've, you know, I've spent 30 plus years, you know, that might be 20 plus years, yeah. you know, formulating the thought process and my own sanctification, mm. walking this out where someone else like me, um, there's been times like, holy cow, I've never even had that thought. And we're trying yeah. to like process in the moment. And you're just so flippant about it. <laughs> and like, I'm just over here like, wham, wham. I don't know how you could swing like, it away. Oh. You know, so. And so for me, that I and both in maybe sometimes a negative where people are like, I, how can you say that? I can't believe he said that, you know. Yeah. I, I think that's the beauty of the body being the body. See, we were talking to somebody even last night at team night. And we were talking about uh, it was a my spouse and another yep. spouse talking about us being on stage and and like how she it, it was luke's wife like just oh, really yeah. appreciating watching luke lead worship and she's like that's my husband so neat and and ashley's like yeah sometimes i feel you know like that and, and sometimes a little bit she said like i get scared or nervous or something yeah. and and someone said oh because of what nick might say and i'm like what do you mean by that like <laughs> 
<laughs> she's like, because he'll say anything. And it's like, and I kind of made the joke. I was like, every word comes straight from the Holy Spirit, <laughs> except the ones that don't. <laughs> <laughs> and they're pretty obvious sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, it, and, and the things that I think are going to hit heavy never do. And the things that are like, oh yeah, that's just like a little added bonus thing. And it's like, I can't believe you said that. And it's like, well, but isn't it, I, for me, I think yeah. it's refreshing. It is if it is refreshing. I think the, the but if you is, had no context of some people won't ever let it get to that point mm, because they're so let's go back all the way to the beginning. They're so emotions based or yeah. feelings based that ugh, I can't believe he said that he's a pastor. You should. Well, sometimes we say things to push buttons because we know they're going to push buttons. Bring it on. Yeah, no. It's, and it's you true. especially you just love, you know, you love buttons. finding the gray and be like, I know this hot topic. Let's just dive well, right, in. Just jump right like, into that. Oh, God, <laughs> how do we operate all this? Yeah. And, and so. Um, good yeah, to know I was going somewhere with that but I, I think and I, there's things that I do like I'll go back like even just for my own formation yeah. of making the podcast better I'll go back and listen to it and it's different it's good like in the room while I'm looking oh, at yeah. you doing this driving home in the truck or like <laughs> doing chores or something listening to myself like how, how could he that was the dumbest thing why did he bring that up that was so off topic I've never heard like, anybody say that about you that was well, that's the dumbest great. thing I also know <laughs> I'm my own worst critic so oh for sure we but, all are so just all know good. There is, I, I think that's the, we we are in a unique position where we are sitting at a table where we have a platform that as of Monday, more than 2,000 people had listened to the pod, like has downloaded more than 2,000 wow. times. Um, you know, so it's like, there's obviously something resonating there. Like yeah. we've ticked off enough people to be like, no one's listening. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is a waste of our time. But at the same time, you know, like how many of those people, um, think different than us, mm -hmm. you know, have different personality traits and quirks, you know, and so the refreshing part is, I think a lot of times the way, at least in my own life, uh, the Lord uses the very thing that frustrates me, mm. the very thing that I can't stand, the very thing that's going to take me off yeah. because I'll stew on it mm. and I'll dwell on it. Some that's of the good. best sermons that I remember <laughs> are the ones I walk out of going, I can't believe he said that. Yeah. You have gone down. And in one of have those, I have, am I in that? Probably the biggest yes. one right now, and yeah, we've referenced it quite enough. Probably the biggest one right now. Yeah, what is that? Was your introduction to Revelation when you said, "Oh, Revelation's a book of hope and encouragement," Amen. and it's like that's that's bullcrap. Like <laughs> that's just like, oh, what idiot. it is. It's like, but I went home and I stewed about yeah. it, and because I stewed about it, and it whatever you compartmentalize it or tuck it in the back of your brain, then it's it's always there for a quick, easy recall. Yeah. So as I'm sitting in service after services now, we're, we're nine chapters into Revelation going, I can't, okay, maybe I can. <laughs> okay, maybe, yeah. maybe I, you know, like you'll give yourself those, yeah. you know, those things and it's like. And a lot of times we're basing that again on our preconceived idea of what re Revelation is. Oh, 100%. You know I mean? 100%. So, so when I was a student pastor, I had, uh, I get to preach every once in a while. I get to fill in for the senior. And and one guy who is just a, a great Bible teacher, had a great Sunday school class uh, for many, many years. He came up to me after service one day. <laughs> he said, I like when you preach. You spank us, and I like it. And I thought, <laughs> I don't know how to take that, Please but I appreciate don't that. Ever say it again. <laughs> I don't <laughs> you spank us and I like it. And I thought, you know what? I don't I don't know if that I don't know if I should even have said that right now. <laughs> I don't know if my filter was Yeah. That that might not be one of those Holy Spirit things. Yeah. I'm just I'm just gonna put it out there. That yeah. might not be and it's you know, things. when you it it's always fun on a Sunday, you can either see it or slightly hear it. 
uh, let it be a Sunday or anywhere I've taught before. Like you, you'll say something and you'll hear the oof. Oh yeah. You know, that's the, and, and you're not going for it. Cause sometimes it's like, that's a, that's a, that's what the, really? Like that's, that's what where we're, you chose. Yeah. That's yeah. where you're going to use that. Okay. Whatever. There, there is a, there is a, uh, there is a shift in the room. Like that's yeah. the easiest way oh, when you're yeah. preaching, you can sense like when mm-hmm. that thing hits home, uh, there's just this, uh, I call it something. I won't say it podcast because it's not pc whatsoever the poo hitting um, the fan no oh. no uh see now we're all curious i call it the butt bugger because <laughs> you're just kind of like ah, oh, like everything Ooh. in your body tightens yeah. up and clenches. Oh, yeah. you're just like oh he said that like and for me because I, I felt that way before it's like is, he, is there a camera in my home like does he know my wife was so worried about that she was like like you 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 just keep preaching like that and and it just keeps hitting it like eventually and and somebody even kind of told her no this is what people want they want the truth undiluted just like lay it out there let them stew on it like that's spiritual growth for all of us you know like that this is good and because she was always so worried like then are you going to change how you're preaching to keep people and i'm like (laughs) in a normal american mindset of christianity like i'm the church of like 40 people you know but i but i think in the in the context in this season of life that we are in as as the church we yeah, I think people do want that undiluted truth. Say, say the hard things. Don't be afraid to say the hard things, but we do it in a sense of grace and love. Yeah. Even if I don't like it, yep. I know, and, and I've said this to people, one of the things I appreciate about you specifically as the pastor and even just about Calvary is whether you like it, whether you agree mm. with it, when you come to Calvary, you're going to know where we stand. Yeah. You're not going to have to go, well, I wonder what, now those questions, I, I mean, we've yeah. had some of those this morning. Those are going to come up, Yeah. but on the, big things that everybody's talking about you're not going to have to question or wonder yeah. like well, I, I wonder where couch because you've been very clear about them with grace yeah. and love yeah, but, hey this is sure. this and is it's it. always been biblically based yep. this is what scripture says we're going to hold fast to scripture we're not going to add to you. we're not going to take away this is what it says yep and we're not going to cherry pick our favorite verses that match what we want to believe yep. and and if this is something you're if that's something you're struggling with there is grace and bring free spirit calvary and i think i'm already hearing a little bit uh, I don't know if buzz is the word, but oh, there's, there's of, a buzz. of Genesis. I've had a couple of people like, I can't wait till you get to Genesis. Because think of every every hot button topic that we have going on in our culture today. It all stems from Genesis? Man, woman, marriage, sin. I've had a couple of people ask me, like, what are we doing after Revelation? I was like, I don't know. Like, Apocrypha. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that haven't met Nick, that is a joke. Oh, that's a joke right there. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. That would be that would be um, one of the instances of where the, you would would that be uh, would that be your oldest child that thinks you are not funny? Yes. Would, okay. Yeah, my my oldest. So he would say like, "Don't laugh." He hates when people laugh. That's so funny. Oh, it's so great. And then other people like it when I say a joke and nobody laughs. That's really funny to them, which I think it's funny because I. Like, I think it's so awkward because it's like, <laughs> I always love to be like, and that's a joke and we'll keep on moving. Here we that's go. always good. Like, cause you'll get that. I know it's like, oh, well that one didn't resonate. Like Nick thought it was funny, but nobody else yeah. did. Or they think it's real. Like, oh, yeah. oh like, I didn't, oh no, he's joking. Okay. Whew. Like, I didn't, know, <gasps> I didn't know where he was going okay. there. For, okay. Yeah. Thank the Lord. That's. And so sometimes try when I throw out some zingers like that, they're waiting for the, oh, that's a joke. And then you just keep preaching like, oh, oh man, he I meant that to, one. Yeah. I have to process through that one. I need to be a little more straightforward. I need to quit being so yeah. puzzly. <laughs> uh, 
Oh. Well, hey, next week uh, we're diving into uh, – I've done this. I keep wanting to say Romans for whatever. I even wrote in my notes. They both start with R. I, <laughs> Good job, It's buddy. not even R. It's R-O <laughs> and R-E, R-E like yeah. for whatever reason. Revelation. In my notes, I was like, hey, today uh, in the breakdown, we're talking about Romans 9. And I was like, that's <laughs> not at all what we're talking about. going to get weird. It's going to get real awkward weird. when we get past <laughs> chapter 16. We're like, there's not even a Romans 17. like – I don't have Romans 17 <laughs> in my Bible. Um, uh, next week, uh, we will do, uh, we'll we'll break down Revelation chapter 10. 10. So, And it starts the big kind of bulk of parenthetical. So a lot of filler details. Yep. So uh, join us for service uh, either on campus on Sunday, yeah. 8, 945, 1130, or join us online. All the information can be found on our website, CCLOTO. But we'll be back next week for another episode of The Breakdown. Keep if, the questions coming. Yeah, if you got questions, uh, we'll put the text. We'll continue from now on, but we'll put the text in the show notes in the video description so that you have it and uh, text in your question. Uh, disclaimer, not disclaimer. Duh. What's that? word i'm trying to think of just is that a disclaimer no sure sure disclaimer today uh i'm gonna make it we're just gonna make it work um try to keep it to like that week's yeah Yeah, like even within like the last two chapters yeah that'd be nice let's not go back to revelation one we're we're cruising through Mm -hmm. um there may be a place in time maybe at the end where we just do like two episodes of just even more to finish up every anything's on the table anything's on the table at that point so but uh we'll wrap it up here today thanks for watching if you're on youtube thanks for listening to the podcast wherever you are most likely mowing or driving down the road (laughs) a lot of people do our people do so uh that's what we hear we'll uh we'll see you guys next week for whatever the next episode number is in season two but uh have a great week everybody thanks